toilet. Here we go. to play today, Milton. This is We Talk Games Arcade Weekly, an arcade review show brought to you each week totally free of charge, zero dollars through your iTunes, your Stitcher, or whatever. We're going to put up the premium version on clips for sale eventually. <laughs> Check out my Angel Fire page for the outtakes and bloopers before the show started. I am Keith the Robo Duke. I am one of your hosts today, also with me on the Skype pipe, all the way from Galway, England. <laughs> England, Ireland, what am I saying? Oh, oh fuck you. <laughs> Just insulting the shit out of you right here already. Johnny Capcom. Yes. Not from England, from Ireland. <sighs> Proud Irish. Yeah. Escape from under the boot of the Union Jack. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You fucking North Mexican piece of shit. Anyway. <laughs> North Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, I mean, yes. I'm French from- Martin fucking hungry for more cheese or whatever. They, they needed to sell Louisiana for, right? You'd be their fucking your French accent because eventually they'd have taken over. Gainsbourg would have came in and been a big hit. People would be whining about like Serge Gainsbourg leaving Serge Gainsbourg's band as opposed to David Lee Roth leaving Van Halen and your Burger King. You wouldn't have the Burger King. You'd have it like Louis the Tint or whatever the guy, <laughs> the bread guy, the bread guy. Uh, his wife was the bread guy, I think. The Earl of Sandwich. Yeah, apparently they were smelly fuckers. <laughs> the the. the image you get of French aristocrats with the kind of powdered wigs and all that. Oh, yeah, that was just to cover up their smell. Yeah, apparently they couldn't wash or they couldn't get out of those contraptions they wore. That's, yeah, that's totally, it was too difficult to get out of all their, like, crazy clothes with all the buttons and the buckles and all that stuff. Yeah. And So they just pour, put talc on each other. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe we should start calling it a French bath then when you, you don't shower. Oh, it's, it's, well, no, the horse bath is what you're talking about, right? Oh, here in America, they use a, a much more uh, racist term uh, for that. Oh, okay. Well, in Ireland, we just call it the horse bath. That's a little better because anyone can be a whore. That's the one where you go into the bathroom and just get the pits. Or like it's the like load up on a lot of cologne, yeah, you know, or, par- or parfum. Yeah. The eau de toilette. See, I didn't realize you took such a beautiful <laughs> fucking term like horse bath and made it racist. Oh, come on, man. This is America. <laughs> and because this is America, today we're talking about... From 1992 by Midway Games, 
designed by Mark Turmel and fan favorite Eugene Jarvis, who designed uh, Chris Hardwick's favorite game, Robotron 2084. He did indeed. This game definitely is uh, in a direct line. Myself and Kyle read through, read through, uh, we played through uh, Berserk and Robotron, and certainly uh, this game is in that lineage. Are you wanting to talk about the mechanics? Yeah, let's do a little, uh, a little bit of making mechanics. What, uh, what games you got there, John? Well, obviously Berserk and mm-hmm. Robotron, but then again, this is a sequel to Smash TV. Maybe not even a sequel, like a point five version of Smash TV in a way. Yeah, a little bit of Parodius uh, flavor there as well. It's kind of a parody almost of... Yeah, and uses sprites and sound effects directly from Smash TV. I mean, uh, you heard just a bit ago that Total Carnage line is actually just pulled straight from Smash TV. Yeah. Thought of it as Smash TV 1.5, definitely from Berserk and Robotron 2084 because it's twin stick shooter-ness. It's like... like, um Parodious, but the Parodious <laughs> type of game where it's uh, makes fun of the series made by the same people, like, you know. Oh yeah, it is definitely uh, bigger, more explosive, ridiculous Smash TV, almost in the way that it it is a parody of itself. Yeah, I mean, there's other games in there as well, like other like a Smash TV and Robotron and stuff like that are single screen games. This moves around a lot, and it's a lot like Commando by Capcom. Mm-hmm. And- Mercs by Capcom, and later, of course, probably was a minor or major, I don't know, influence on games like Shock Troopers. Yes, that was one I I definitely had here, even in my notes, was Shock Troopers 1 and 2 were definitely uh, influenced by this, because it is that commandos out in the field, eight-way shooting, which I wish I had twin sticks for this. It probably would have played a little bit uh, better, but it plays great with a gamepad for sure. Yeah, I got to play this on the Midway Arcade Classics 2 disc on the PlayStation 2. Nice. It was loaned to me by uh, Spud from His Start Now, who actually, I think, has a playthrough of this on YouTube. Oh, sweet. uh, Richie, so I guess if you want to double up, because I think Chris is going to play this as well. Yes, he will for uh, It's Not Going to Insert Itself. If you want to watch two playthroughs of uh, Total Carnage, then do it. I'm not going to tell you who to live. See twice the chest explosions, twice the total carnage. Well, there's another one in the making mechanics, uh, Dynamite Duke. <laughs> you know, which I remember many moons ago recording a, a We Talk Games episode, and uh, Tal- Wiggly couldn't remember the name of Dynamite Duke, and he googled chest holes, <laughs> and apparently was presented with ungodly pornography (laughs) oh geez in his google uh, image search yeah there's uh, a a lot of other games that i would say even came after this is something that paved the way for games like mortal Kombat. this had that ultra violence blood and guts explosions and then uh, another thing that did come before it by williams that obviously as well as a direct influence would be narc also designed by eugene jarvis which (laughs) What's wrong with Narc? No, no, it's just, it's too much, man. Like, Uh, Narc, and this game, I'll get into it later. Okay, okay. I would say it's an influence on it, because it also has, I guess it's the Eugene, it's almost, uh, it's like a director's style or mark. I guess it would say it's a designer's mark. If you put in your coin and you get a flashing rainbow thing that says, like, one credit to start, one coin equals, it's a Eugene Jarvis game. Yeah. Because Narc has it. This has it. I'm pretty sure Blaster by Eugene Jarvis also has it. Defender had it. 
Yes, defender, which would be, you know, I mean, obviously where Eugene Jarvis got his start. Yeah. Which it's crazy that he went from this uh, space rescue defend the Earth game to this is the Doomsday Squad and we got to stop General Ockboob. Yeah, that was I was like, okay. (laughs) Which uh, a little uh, interesting fact here. uh, The voice of General Ockboob in this game by Ed Boon. Yes. Creator of Mortal Kombat. Well, the thing about... um, There's a lot of games connected to this game. It's really crazy. Yeah, but like uh, Robotron, obviously, this is like an evolution of the idea behind Robotron in that you're rescuing people. You are yes, of course yes. We are we uh you are uh, rescuing of uh, reporters who are caught in this war torn futuristic landscape, and uh, you got to shoot guys and rescue the reporters and bikini babes because apparently there are reporters who just wear bikinis out in the field. Well, clearly it's a European thing. In case you wouldn't get it, okay? I wouldn't understand. <laughs> you know? Everybody, you got all that when uh, they take prisoners of war like reporters and babes in bikinis, they get chained uh, the old ball and chain from, uh, <laughs> from cartoons. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was such a, like when you look back on the history of video games, it is kind of strange where certain things just became the norm. You'd play this game as a kid in the nineties, going, "Oh yeah, there's a there's a bikini woman." They're in video games. Of course, they, they are. All, all video games feature bikini women. Um, oh yeah, whether they were uh, just in the background, whether you were rescuing them, whether they were uh, popping out of a crowd in a pit fight to stab you, uh, they yeah. were there in their bikinis. So at least bikini tops. Also, you know the beginning and end of races as well. Yeah, bikini babes were just like a thing. Yeah, man. Whoa. Were, like, a- is this just <laughs> it's like a montage in my brain right now of all these video game bikini babes just like flashing before my eyes like remember what was that one the sega racing game on the mega drive it was on the the sega 6 cartridge or whatever oh because uh, i think of cruising usa which is another eugene jarvis midway game i always think of the the bikini fmv babes at the beginning and the end of the races yeah well, games that did not need it. No, I mean, it didn't need it, but it's certainly, I don't know, It's it once again is just a terrible thing in our society that it's like, look, a woman in a bikini, it's your reward because women are a prize, right? Well, let's we forget uh, Strip Fighter 2 on the... Who was <laughs> Strip? <Engine>. What? <laughs> you never heard of Strip Fighter 2? No, I... I, I see, see, I'm picking up for Wiggly now. It was on the PC Engine. Oh, Okay. It, it never came out outside of Japan, as far as I know. But and there wasn't a Street Fighter One. Uh-huh. Street Fighter Two was the hottest game in the world back in the early nineties. So, oh yeah, an enterprising gang of men in Japan. I have to assume no woman worked on this game. <laughs> uh, I don't together. think on this one either. Yeah, and with Street Fighter Two, it was like a. It was almost like Mortal Kombat, in, but instead of punching blood off people you punch clothes i can see that i think you could either beat them by knocking their their health bar down to not or making them naked okay i've seen animes like that yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. the japanese are are fond of such yeah they're, they're very fond of uh sex fighting yeah and sure i mean look we've all seen their pornography yes We've been there. Well, I mean, I haven't actually been there, but I've definitely been to those websites. Yeah. 
And there, <laughs> in my like, youth, I remember, perhaps. I remember someone saying to me in college, uh, going, I just can't enjoy Japanese pornography. I guess I just don't hate women enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm there. And uh, uh, speaking of pornography, this game is definitely the sort of, uh, with the bikini babes and the blood and the violence, that, like, it's 90s porno for your eyeballs. Uh, it was that kind of overdrive thing that was going on back then. I mean, it was even the same in the clothes that we used to wear, like, bright neon fucking everything. Like, people... Oh, yeah, I need checkered neon socks with like my uh, day-glow the- orange shorts where, like, one leg is actually day-glow orange, but the other leg is day-glow green. Yeah, then uh, like, my day glow skateboard guy. I had this outfit. I'm describing an outfit I had in '92. Would you go on like Tumblr or like any blog where they blog about fashion from the time, like uh-huh. you know? And they'll go, oh, '90s fashion," and it'll be like grunge and Kurt Cobain and all these people looking cool, you know? When in fact, everyone looked like Seinfeld or fucking, <laughs> you know. Or like, yeah, like if George Costanza would, just like unbuttoned that flannel and untucked it, like yeah. boom, Kurt Cobain. Like Zach from Saved by the Bell. Was, oh, uh, like you know, everyone still had mullets and weird hair and neon clothes. Like, yeah, you know? it was when the eighties and nineties crashed together. Yeah, in like ninety two specifically, <laughs> even when this game came out, it was just a really weird time where like hair metal's on the way out, grunge is on the way in. Ultraviolence is the hot thing as a kid, you know, because we also had stuff like, you know, garbage pail kids and everything was about being super gross and grimy. So, of course, this game, uh, I don't remember playing this game back then, but no, I, I only played it later on. I played Smash TV a lot back. Oh, yeah. definitely Smash TV, which I hated for its ridiculous difficulty, which with this yeah, oh, game, oh, God. Can we talk about the the Midway philosophy then? The as I was going, to, I was alluding to earlier on. Okay, what like, what is? Uh, please explain. Well, I mean, I've watched videos and stuff where they just they're going, oh, you'll make the game really hard, and that way the kids have to put more money in. And this is like, I mean, I often thought that back in the day, going, look at these fucking pricks, like wanting to bleed me slowly of all the currency I carry around. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember watching interviews with them on the actual disc that I would have played uh, this game on today, mm-hmm. and. Um, they were there, sure enough, going, oh, yeah, we made Gauntlet. We just made sure you died every few minutes, no, no matter how good you were. Oh, yeah, that's uh, why your your health would deplete. Yeah, and that's, like, the thing with Midway games in particular was they just upped the fucking difficulty. And Eugene Jarvis in particular, like the games he worked on and the Mortal Kombat games and games like that, games from Midway had a really high quality to them. The animations in Total Carnage are they're great like you know oh yeah when you you know hit a landmine and your dude flies up in the air at you at the screen yeah you know screaming with a hole in his chest it's it's great i mean it's at least 30 fps like it looks fucking nice yeah it is it's really cool and this is like the precursor to that neo geo level of animation that we would later come to expect from like mel sug and nam 1975 and stuff you know Mm -hmm. I honestly want to go back and play it now. The quality of the game is let down by the difficulty and the greed of the fucking the company of wanting more and more and more of your money. Like you know, most like when definitely. You play, like when you play Narc, that's a game that when you mentioned it, like another Eugene Jarvis game. But the end of it, like you'll only ever get to it if you can put a million credits in. These are all games I've never beat as a child in the arcade. Like I never 
beat Pit Fighter in the arcade, even though I stole yeah. quarters from my father's uh, little coin uh, the tin uh, plate he had, you know, to try to get through it. Or this, or Smash coin, TV. I thought he was going to say his coin purse, like he was a Venetian trader. Yeah, I had to uh, use my pickpocket skills. I snuck up on him in the kitchen yeah. and slipped a few coin from the bottom of his purse with a slice of my dagger. No, um... <laughs> But, yeah, every game back then just wanted to eat your quarters, and it does ruin the fun you can have with this game. Yeah, I I genuinely think it it lets itself down in that respect. It's unfortunate, you know, and it's a thing that's kind of endemic of the games of the time, especially the ones from Midway. And I think where the problem arises is when you do have a million credits, like when you're emulating or in any respect on MAME or on disc or whatever else and you you can progress through the game and it just becomes boring because the bosses are so tough mm-hmm. and they're so punishing and the levels are so punishing but once the extreme challenge is taken away and accessibility is afforded to you it just becomes monotonous yeah it's something I worry about arcade games having a future mm-hmm. in the gaming space is that when you don't have the nostalgia added into it, it can just be boring and feel kind of pointless and monotonous when you're not playing it and saying, oh, this reminds me of being a kid, you know, yeah. and having to spend all that money. If you don't have that, is it still as powerful? And I know there are people who keep it alive, like us here at We Talk Games. We, you know, try to keep the arcade uh, games alive and whatnot, but I, I do worry that once all of us are gone and people who don't have the nostalgia, feel for it if it will live on but it's still a great game and a great example of what 1992 was like altogether. oh yeah but like i not to say all arcade games so from that because i didn't have <laughs> not all that. arcade games not all arcade games um all credits matter but oh, um, God. <laughs> yeah all lives do matter in a game like this yes because you only get two of them for two quarters <laughs> yeah. it was this game was 50 cents uh as far as I can tell on mine, the, 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 the default setting was 50 cents per thing. It was one credit for one coin, two credits to start, or one coin was half a credit or something. Yeah. The game I wanted to bring up, a game that I had no such issue with in this respect, and I think it rings through when you go back and listen to the episode, was Night Slashers. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. No, that game uh, was a beat-em-up where I don't, you didn't have to pump a ton of quarters into it if you were good. Yeah, you would have to put a fair amount in to beat it. Yes. But it never felt like... It always felt like the game was beating you fairly. Yes. That counts for something like, you know, uh, same with Alien vs. Predator and games like that. Like, it's... Uh, there's, there can be a good balance. Midway never struck it, nor were they interested in it. Capcom making those games were like, okay, look, we obviously want to make some money. Yeah, but we need to make a good game. While Midway's like, we mostly want to make money, so let's make something that could be fun. But instead, we'll make it so it'll take you about five dollars just to beat the one of what, like three bosses that are in the whole game. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I only played as far as the first boss in this game. Oh, I I beat it. I, went... I had no patience. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. so just speaking of the money, let's just say real quick, one slug. This is one slug. How far could you get on one credit, which in this game is two slugs, two coins, 
two tokens, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I'd say I probably got maybe like less than five minutes in. I couldn't even give you like a general where I was considering uh, yeah, most of the yeah. levels are just outdoor, shoot all the different enemies, avoid landmines, avoid electrical landmines. Maybe you're blowing up different cars going by. You're mostly fighting uh, evil army guys and all different aliens, right? Yeah. And how far did you get Probably on one slug? about the same. Like, yeah. I don't mean to be disparaging this game. No, because it speaks of a time, I think, you know? Yeah. It is a really cool thing, and I would recommend experiencing it for yourself yes um at the very least checking out some video of it because it looks great for its time definitely and for 92 it's, it's very colorful which is something i know i say all the time on this show but it's yeah. something that's always important to me you know the aliens are very brightly colored they come out of green glowing pools of ooze and they're bright blue and was, bright purple that was, a, and, that was a selling point back then was a color palette of a system and that's what distinguished the arcades back when the system wars were going on. It was always like, the Mega Drive could do 10,000 colors all at once or whatever, you know? Oh, yeah. I just think of that lady in that commercial with all the guys like, this is 16-bit. This is 24. This is 64-bit. Which is the better system because the number's higher? Like, yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were obsessed. I mean, it still goes on to this day, but it, it means something now when you say like, you know, oh, my computer's got this 770 and like, oh, well, mine's got like a 940. You know, it, that means something. Back yeah. then, it it's didn't funny. mean shit if you couldn't work with it properly. <laughs> the answer to those questions, by the way, is, well, this system is the Super Nintendo and this one is better than the Atari Jaguar. The Atari Jaguar is shit. Yeah, that was a Jaguar <laughs> commercial, too. <laughs> You know what I mean? Because the Atari Jaguar only has that cool Alien vs. Predator game, and it's not... I mean, it's pretty cool, but it's not really that great. The old Jaguar is... Uh, it's the Hyper Intellivision 64. <laughs> and it's okay at best. Wiggly's crying into his modified Tempest 2000 controller. Oh, God, what a but, great game that is, though. And that is a great game, don't get me wrong. Like, not, I'm looking, The Jaguar had some good games on it. All right. right. Every system has at least one, like, shining gem. The 3DO? There's there's something good on there. Oh, Road Rage. Or Road Rash, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, Joker's Wild? Yeah, that was on the CDI. Oh, CDI, my bad. Definitely best game on the CDI, Joker's Wild. Fantastic. And Hotel game. Mario. Oh, and Hotel Mario. Not a terrible game. I mean, when you no, think about it's... it like an arcade game, I mean, it's a game. But uh, <laughs> speaking of this game... We did mention it's a dual stick shooter, obviously. You move with the left stick, shoot with the right stick. And your start button is also a bomb button. One of my teeny weeny little complaints is the fact that your bomb number doesn't go above nine. Yeah. You will be holding more than nine, but you can't tell how many you have. Well, it's kind of handy on the uh, Midway Arcade Treasures game because I I think this is the best way to play it. Uh, You've got the analog stick, our two twin sticks, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the shoulder buttons unleash the bombs yep that's how i i actually did this with a ps4 controller and that's how i uh, did it was i could actually use the sticks now that i think about it i could have set the sticks up to be directions uh, for shooting as well i should have tried that but i did it with the buttons which worked perfectly fine you know triangle is shoot up x is shoot down left yeah, and right square now a lot of those games were done back then anyway. yep and then I always had it because it would always be like a coin is like R1 and then start is L1. So then L1 is very easily used as the bomb. Yeah. Which is cool. I like how uh, – I don't know how it works sometimes because there's times where like I'll hit the bomb button and he'll drop like a trail as I move. Mm-hmm. 
and other times they'll just drop one. I really do like how you can call in the missile strikes at certain points when you're actually – there's the one level where you're trying to blow up all the jets yeah. and get through it. Uh, also, some of the uh, warp bonus stages have uh, different things like that. You basically run around, shoot guys, and collect stuff. I didn't mention though. Things swarms like – Swarms of guys. Yeah, swarms and swarms of guys that will inevitably – just kill you repeatedly and uh, cause you to insert as many coins as possible. Thankfully, when you respawn, you drop a bomb to clear out the area where you spawn, very similar to uh, beat-em-ups of that time as well, where your guy would come in and like make all the dudes fall over or whatever. See, I would have a hard time recommending this game over Smash TV, I'll be honest with you. you no, know, definitely, if you want to play something like this, play Smash TV. Though, mm-hmm. one could say they take place in the same universe, which we'll get to. Yeah, but I as I think ultimately, if you're going to play a game like this, I would recommend Smash TV over Total Carnage. Mm-hmm. But once you've played Smash TV, then yeah, definitely. Give oh this yeah, game. yeah. Because as we had it. said, this is like a quasi sequel to uh, Smash TV. So as you go through the game, collecting as many gems and American flags and presents and all these items, you're also collecting little skeleton keys. Yeah. And the game tells you you need to collect 220 of them to enter the pleasure domes at the end of the game. John, you said you didn't get to the end of the game. I did, but I only collected around 120 keys maybe. So I didn't get to enter the pleasure domes and was told I suck. That's the thing. I remember reading about this back in the day, right? And Mm -hmm. pleasure domes were alluded to in Smash TV. Ah. And one of the revisions for this game was that they wanted to actually show you the Pleasure Domes because they were only alluded to in Smash, but they weren't in the game itself. This actually gave you something to fight for, I suppose. I'm only going to assume that they're full of bikini women. (laughs) Well, this is actually kind of interesting, what happened with uh, the end of this game. Uh, When I got to the end, I was not able to enter the Pleasure Domes, though. Outside, you can see it says the Pleasure Domes in, like, neon lights, and there's, you know, marble carvings of busty babes there. Um, (laughs) There were supposed to be three separate endings in this game. There's actually a couple weird things. So first of all, uh, when you get to the end of the game, you fight this giant mutant guy, you know, the big green guy early on who you blow his arms off, you blow his head off, his tongue, you know, multiplies and shoots at you, which is stolen right from Smash TV. It's It's all assets from Smash TV a lot of the time. When you do fight General Akboob, he's in like a big ship. You beat him in that. He's then a giant head. Then the giant head disappears and comes back, and it's Hitler's giant head. Oh, fuck. Then you blow up Hitler's giant head, which apparently was just General Akboob's like clone head. Then you have a moment where there are a bunch of him jumping out somewhere, and you have to stop them all from exiting the screen. And I'm pretty sure if you miss any of them, that one would be him, and he escapes. I missed him. He escaped, so I suck. Which the game pretty much tells you. Like, it says, like, I think right on the screen, it just says, like, you suck. And I didn't get to enter the Pleasure Dome. So there is whether or not you escape and he says you suck or not. Does it tell you in a voice sample you suck? Or does it just say... No, it's just in the uh, the flashing uh, rainbow-colored Eugene Jarvis. I was hoping this would be a precursor to uh, Steve Ritchie's You Suck from uh, Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> yeah, Shao Kahn. Sadly not in there, but... If you do collect all the keys and enter the Pleasure Dome, it's basically just the scroll where you're picking up a bunch of uh, treasure and prizes. Mm -hmm. Now, originally, what was going to happen was if you didn't pick up all the treasures, you get to the end and it would just be like, oh, you you win and it's your guys and and they won. 
But if you did pick up all the treasures and you got to the end, then you'd get the bikini babes because you'd have all the money. Oh, okay. That's just like real life? Just like real life. If you have all the money, you get the women because the women are the prize. <laughs> they changed it and made it so the only thing that would happen is you would get the bikini babe picture at the end. Even if you didn't pick up all the treasure, but it would still say like you missed all of it, so you stink. But it would still give you the picture, which when you reach the end, uh, who we did we didn't mention their names earlier on. The two main characters in this game actually have names. Okay. Which are I believe it's is it Colonel Carnage or Captain Carnage? Captain Carnage. <laughs> Captain Carnage and Major Mayhem. Yeah. Huh? So you have the two of them standing on the side with their arms crossed on the edges. All these bikini babes. And the two dudes from Smash TV are chilling there with you. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah, so the end of this game is you entering, like, when they beat Akboob and you're going in, you go through the big Smash TV, like, red and blue doors with the lights on it. Yeah. And you actually go in, collect the treasure, and then get to the end, and the Smash TV guys are there hanging out with you and your uh, bikini babes. And there's definitely a line in there that's like, hey, and the dudes from Smash TV are here too, but hey, guys, don't worry. There's enough to go around. Oh, God. Yeah, like, it literally says, <laughs> like, well, you'll have to share with them, but that's okay. <laughs> don't worry, guys. They're all slaves. They're all here <laughs> for you. They took a whore bath. They're ready to go. Oh, God. <laughs> or as they call a bath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, ending of this game, yeah, it's... John, Would you, you said before you would recommend this game? I would recommend it as a curio after playing Smash TV. Yeah, definitely. I, I would say... Don't get me wrong. Smash TV isn't a fucking walk in the park. Okay, it's... No, it's, it's probably longer than this, too. This took me almost, like... Two and a half to three hours to play through the whole thing in multiple sittings. Yeah, I would recommend playing both just because the leash was off uh, video game makers at the time. Yes. Mainstream media didn't give a shit about what was happening in video games. They thought it was just something stupid children did. Mm -hmm. And um, as a result, this was like EC Comics before the fucking Comics Code. Like, you know, everything was fine. That's why we had games like Burning Fight and this and nutso games. Like playing a modern game that has violence in it or whatever else, it's like it's like watching the original UFC. Modern UFC is this glossy produced uh, thing, but like back in the day, back when it was fun, it was like just two dudes uh, in with no gloves fighting each other in a rusty cage. You yeah. Know? This is what that was. This is video games before the grown-ups decided that they needed to stop people from doing whatever they wanted. In a way, I'd say it's before the artists came along and said, like, you know, video games can be more than a way of just trying to make a bunch of money. Yeah. We could try to do a little more. And I, I would no. recommend going back to this, as you said, in the same way of, like, if you've played Smash TV or if you haven't played Smash TV, play Smash TV first. Then go yeah. to this, as you said, John. I definitely recommend that because you'll obviously see the uh, the direct similarities especially in the ending i mentioned but also back in the day this was serious would you say would you say people were kind of like yeah shooting dudes blow this is this is cool well, nowadays like would you say it was a satire would this was this a was this intended to be satire it was actually you would say so okay cool i've read in, i see i've actually read the arcade flyers on the flyers themselves, it says a sense of drama, a sense of action, a sense of humor. Oh, That's okay. See, that makes me feel a lot better about most of this game then. 
if like Eugene Jarvis was all like, yeah, America, Donald Trump, get them out of here. They're aliens. Like, you know, it was meant to be a satire of both sides of the Iraq war from what I understand. Definitely makes sense. Even though weirdly like General Akbub, while when you would hear that name, you would imagine, you know, a bearded man in a turban. He's more of a, a, a Russian commie kind of guy. But also, yeah. but then German because he puts a see. Now the, the thing is, the way I saw the thing with the Hitler head was like, oh my god, it's Hitler. And then the way I had read it in some places was he puts on a Hitler mustache outfit <sighs> to fuck with you. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like a hell's angel. Yes, he's just trying to get me riled up so I'll react and he'll have an excuse to punch me. And as we all know, the rule of Hell's Angels is if a Hell's Angel punches a guy, every other Hell's Angel has to now punch and attack him. It's true. Hunter Thompson himself said it. Oh, oh, I've read that book as well. I've heard him talk about it. But uh, I read the the, the rule if you ask a Hell's Angel if they are indeed in the Hell's Angels, they're required by law to kill you. Whoa. the, uh, yeah, for having the audacity to... Uh, to even, like, not think he was a Hell's Angel? Yeah. Wow. And then uh, I have run into Hell's Angels, and if you go, oh, so you're in the Angels, right? They don't kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't kill me, anyway. John, would you go back to this game, you think? Or, you know, maybe as a, a curiosity to... Sh- I, I, I don't think I would go back to this, but if I could find someone else to play it with and show That's, it to them, I would love to yeah. do that. That's not, I would play it multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, again, it's it's a bit of fun, but a lot of the time when I play multiplayer games, I, I play them for that kind of like mindless fun almost. Mm-hmm. And to go back to your point earlier on, where you're saying like people back then would have noticed, uh, wouldn't or wouldn't have been like, oh, what the fuck? Like it, it was true though because you didn't really take them seriously as storytelling thing. It was just this story, if you will, was just another flavor of the game. There was no such thing as a plot in a lot of these games. It was just – it was a setting. Yeah. It, plot like. There's evil guy. There's mutants. It's a war zone. Shoot him. Yeah. And I don't think people took it all that seriously back then. Like, you know, it wasn't – there wasn't a fine-tooth comb going through every part of culture back then. How can you take a game seriously where one of the power-ups is a pair of shoes and when you pick them up, your guy goes like this? <laughs> it's a joke. It's a satire. Nobody paid attention. All you really cared about was how well it played. Exactly. And this game plays quite well. Yeah, it does. Beyond the the, the absolute brutality of it wanting all your money. But we don't have to worry about that nowadays. No, no. But still, as I said, the problem is I think it does become laborious after a time when you do have the credits. Like, you know. But saying that, right? As... Like what video games were like back then, especially arcade games, right? They were bright, colorful sugar hits for your brain mm-hmm. that lasted the same as like a packet of nerds or something. Oh yeah, and for for a kid like me that had an arcade uh, in his Seven Eleven as a child, I was yeah. definitely getting the sugar rush and the sugar rush from the arcade game. And that's what a lot of these games were. They were just a sugar, and it's almost unfair to play them out of context. But um, if you're into that. Look, if you're some kid out there and you're willing to sit down and listen to a vinyl record, you should be willing to sit down and play a game like this as well. Definitely, you know? yeah. Know your roots, as I, yeah. as I would say. If you if you are a fan of video games, if you're a fan of shooters, shoot 'em ups, shmups, running guns. If you haven't played Shock Troopers one or two, and you like this, that's a great, great game. That's probably like 
the best version of this kind of like top-down shooter, I think. I would say that, yeah, probably. Yeah, One of my ahead. favorite things about it is you can play as a team in that game, or you can play as a lonely wolf. <laughs> Not a lone wolf. <laughs> no, a lonely wolf. He would like Aww. to be part of the pack, but he's just, you know, he's sad and he's alone. He just wants a little company. Yeah, all he can find to eat in the wild is half a pie. <laughs> and on that note, uh, movie taglines. This is the part of the show where we give a movie tagline to the video game, which this might as well be a movie because yeah. it, it could have been something that came out in the 80s or 90s and probably would have done gangbusters or would have at least done quite good on the VHS home video market. John, do you oh, have a definitely. movie? definitely. It's a yeah. canon film video game. <laughs> it's the canon film of video games. It's like a like a life force kind of, but you know, less sex, more bikini babes, but yeah, awesome. So, John, do you have a movie tagline for uh, Total Carnage? Um, sure. Uh, let me think. Oh, okay, yeah, you've got to give credit to Major Nelson and <laughs> Capital Carnage or whatever his name is. <laughs> is it Captain Carnage or Colonel Carnage? Captain Captain Carnage and Major Mayhem. And Major Mayhem, you've got to give them their credit. Yeah, uh, the the way I would say it, it would be uh, Total Carnage, starring Red Brown as Captain Carnage and <laughs> Black Red Brown as Major Mayhem. Uh, it was the guy from American Ninja, Curtis Jackson. <laughs> or uh, uh, starring uh, Carl Weathers as Major Mayhem. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I just like the idea of Red Brown and then just Red Brown in like... <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like a soul man makeup. You know what I'm saying? Oh God! Certain <laughs> Red Brown and C. Thomas Howell. Because <laughs> 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 oh, I was God. just like, they're the same guy. They just have different hair and skin color. Falcon, like, it's the same character it? in the same outfit. It's just like the was Smash. Ray Don Chong in in Soul Man. I have no. I've never seen it. I just. I just <laughs> know it because of what it is. You know. <laughs> As an alternate movie tagline, I yeah. would say, Total Carnage. I love it! <laughs> Just to underline this, Radon Chong was indeed in Soul Man. There we go. As was James Earl Jones. Oh, whoa. That hurt my soul. <laughs> How did anyone think that was a good idea? How did anyone think Short Circuit was a good idea? Let's think about that one for a minute. Fucking what's his name? Fisher Stevens? Yeah. Speaking of, no. if you haven't watched Master of None on Netflix, you should watch that. There's a great joke about that. Is Fisher Stevens in it? No, no. I'll, I'll talk about it after the show. Oh, okay. So do you, no, do, yeah. do you have a, a movie tagline for this? I'll give you one. You've got to give credit to Major Fuckface and Captain Carnage. Oh, that was your tagline? Yes. I didn't it know that. A, it, it was a parody, Keith. It was a parody on the credit-hungry, credit-grubbing ways of yes. playing games. It went over my head completely. I didn't even realize that, yes, you got to give credit to Captain Carnage and Major and that's Mayhem. A, that's, a, that's also a pun, by the way, of another Midway game, which would be 1996's WrestleMania, the arcade game. Really? When Vince McMahon would say, you've got to give credit to The Undertaker, <laughs> or whoever. And now here's T.T. Schmootkins with next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine's Arcade Weekly Arcade Game Audio Clue. We shall see. Hello, I am T.T. Schmootkins. Here is next week's We Talk Games 
Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes. Next week is the start of one of my favorite months. It is the very first week of Pack Month! Pack Month! Waka 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 Pack Month. Often imitated, never duplicated the waka waka. You think it's that dude? You ever see that dude from Fred Willard's obsessive, uh, obsessive people or whatever from back in the day who loved Pac Man? No. Oh, God, I'll, I'll have to link it up. Okay, yeah, my, mine I always end up doing. I just go, um, 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 that's my Pac Man noise. I got an, I've got a clue for, uh, for this game. What is your clue for next week's game, the first week of Pac Month? My clue for this uh, game is this idea doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) My clue is that's sure a lot of empty space for a maze. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, make sure uh, to listen to our show on whatever service you use. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. You can get us directly from wetalkgames.com. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at wetalkgames. You can also check us out on Facebook, WTG Podcast. Join the discussion. Join the fun. We've got a retro game challenge 2016 going on. Lots of great stuff on there. You can also find us through Podcast Addict, which is the best way to listen to podcasts. Yes, I also would highly recommend Podcast Addict. Probably the best RSS feed uh, program. No, we're not sponsored by them, but go give that man his uh, some money. It's really good. It's the way I get all my stuff. But be sure you're reviewing on iTunes as well. That is very important. We would love for you to leave us a review five stars because we're in the top 300 uh, video game podcasts on there and uh, hey if we can climb higher that would be great we would love it i would love it if we beat them sorry (laughs) that that will go over the heads of everyone it was one of the uh i'll send you the video later on all right oh god and i i'm so glad i got to use that phrase (laughs) so everyone out there thank you for listening be sure to tune in next week and until next time don't be a jerk all the time. Bye-bye. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. Yeah, that ain't working. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing and chicks for free. Man, that ain't working. That's the way you do it. And let me tell you, brother, them guys ain't dumb. Mm, Maybe get a blister on your little finger. Maybe get a blister on your thumb. We got to install microwave ovens. We gotta move these refrigerators. We gotta move these color TVs.
see the little faggot with the earrings and the makeup? Yeah, buddy, that's his own hair. Yeah, but that little faggot got his own jet airplane. That little faggot, he's a millionaire. We gotta install microwave ovens, custom kitchen delivery. Uh, and we gotta move these refrigerators. We gotta move these color TVs. You should have learned to play the guitar. Man, you should have learned to bang on them drums. And look at that, Mama got it sticking in the camera. <laughs> yeah, we could have us some fun. And he's up there. What's that? Hawaiian noises? Yeah, he's banging on them bongos like a chimpanzee. Man, that ain't working. That's the way you do it. You, you get, get your money for nothing, get your chicks for free. We gotta uh. install microwave ovens, custom kitchen uh. delivery. Uh. But we gotta move these refrigerators. We gotta move these color TVs. I want my, I want my, I want my MTV. We want our MTV. But that ain't working. That's the way you do it. You play the guitar on the MTV. Yeah, that ain't working. That's the way to do it. You get your money for nothing, get your chicks for free. You get your money for nothing, and your chicks for free.